Hello and welcome, esteemed gamers, friends, listeners. It is Leighton here from Leighton Night with Brian Wecht, and I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking to get even more podcast goodness to put in your face, then we've got just the thing for you, which is the official Leighton Night Patreon. We have several tiers where you can get access to recommendation lists for every episode, listen to Patreon-exclusive minisodes, get into the super awesome fan Discord, and watch videos like Brian's songwriting process for jingles on the show, or me taking apart and cleaning my mechanical keyboards. It's really fun and cool, and we super appreciate your support. It's neat. We would love to see you there. Without any further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Love you. Bye. What was the stat? It was like the hottest day in 125,000 years or something. Did you see this? Alex was telling me that it was like the hottest day ever recorded in LA. Is that true? Yes, I think so. The crazy part was it was not just recorded, but it was like, there was some statistic which said back to 100,000 years or so, the hottest day ever. I'm not quite sure how they determined that. Yeah, I was going to say, how do they know that? Yeah, that's insane. I love that. That's super cool and good. It's probably a good sign, right? Oh, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good portent of uh, things to come. The ratio of me wearing pants to not wearing pants this weekend is tipped heavily in favor of me not wearing pants. In fact, I am not wearing pants right now because by (laughs) virtue of us recording, I had to turn off all my fans in AC. So if you start hearing me audibly sweat, you know what's up. (laughs) Oh, man. When was the last time we actually introduced an episode as like, you're listening to Late Night with Brian Wecht? I have no idea. I can't. We don't even have a structure of how we introduce the show. Basically just being like, hey, here are our names. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. This, there's an hour of this. Do you know who has structure? Is people who aren't comfortable with themselves. That's right. You know, right. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know how to go with the flow. You got to trust yourself, trust your instincts, live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love's a big one. Those are the words I live by, actually. Do you you have any things up in your home that say live, laugh, love on them? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked. I don't need that because I've permanently tattooed it to my body. And I look at myself every day in the mirror and I say, live, love, and laugh. Oh, in that order? Yeah, in that order. I had to mirror it on my body so when I look at it in the mirror, Mm. it looks correct as well. That's smart. That's actually harder to tattoo, I believe. I'd imagine so. I was just going to say, though, that I do have several pieces of driftwood with Live, Laugh, Love painted on them, uh, strewn throughout my house. Did you find them washed up on the shore of a beach? No, I purchased them from CB1, (laughs) which is my favorite store. I heard Pure One is going out of business. I bet you could stock up big time on Live, Love, Laugh. Yes. And uh, what's the other one I was thinking about? Rosé all day. I like rosé all day. (laughs) Okay, so here's an interesting phenomenon to me. You've got the cottage industry of that style of sign. Literally. Yes. We progressed from the need for like man cave signs into the alcoholism normalization for middle-aged white women (laughs) sign (laughs) industry. Yes. It's always just like mommy drinky wine all day. (laughs) Yep. Why do we need this up in the home? Also, these font choices are fucking abysmal. Yeah, the really curly ones. Ooh. My grandma was like, 
killing it with that aesthetic. Describe some pieces. Well, it's important for you to know that she had a theme um, that she chose very consciously. And the theme was apples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. It was, it was apples. And so everything in her house was apple themed. Oh my God. It was all like that, like cottage shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she lived where? And I'm, I'm looking for a specific address. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if any of that stuff exists anymore, unfortunately. I don't know where that would have ended up, actually. Why apples? I don't know, man. I don't know why apples. <laughs> it's a great question. Did you ever see her eat or consume an apple? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Did she like to eat apples? Well, I can't remember her being like a big apple fan, but I... like. <laughs> She had like, you know, she she was older. She had dentures. Apples aren't really denture friendly, I don't think. That's true. Applesauce is. I feel like that's why applesauce exists in some ways. It's for the elderly to safely eat it. (laughs) And babies. Audrey actually loves applesauce. You know, you can get these like like the the individual pouches of applesauce. Go go squeeze, baby. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly right. That is a perennial. Uh, around our house. Audrey will just down like three of them at a time. Yeah, you slam them. I mean, you get the different flavors. You get your little mango going. You get your little cherry going. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're quote unquote too busy to eat, i.e. too lazy and depressed to eat. You just squeeze them down. You're like, I'm a little baby and I love to suckle the teat of this sweet, sweet apple juice, applesauce. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't tell, I slept most of today. I just got off my couch. (laughs) So... So wait, you said mango flavor? Is there like, what's the consistency? Is it still like applesauce? It's still applesauce. It just has a little mango flavor in there. Oh. It's like marketed as applesauce, like flavored applesauce. Oh, okay. I guess just a mango applesauce would just be like a mango puree. Future's wild, man. <laughs> this is crazy stuff. This is going to be a motherfucker of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is going well, right? <laughs> no, I think this is going great. That needs to be the title. This is going to be a real motherfucker of an episode. Don't censor it. There will be no problems. Arthur, where did your grandmother live? You didn't answer the question. Like, was she, was this a U.S. person or a Canada person? This is a U.S. person. So my my grandma and my uh, my mom's entire side of the family is actually originally from California. Whoa. Oh. And my mom moved to Nova Scotia, Canada when she was about 22, I think. And then she's lived there ever since. And at some point when my grandmother was like getting pretty old, hard for her to take care of herself, uh, she moved up to Canada and she lived across the street from us growing up. I think she passed away. I don't know. It was probably almost like 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. But she lived right across the street from us. I'm not going to tell you the address because it's literally across the street from where my parents live right now. And I'm going to keep that secret. But Nova Scotia is where she ended up. Gotcha. And she, uh, no, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. it <laughs> I, I have better judgment than that. And I know it would be edited out. So never mind. No, what's, <laughs> what's the horrible sin you were about to commit? Yeah, you can't just like not tell us what you're going to say. All I was going to say is that she finally tried apples <laughs> and discovered she was allergic. Um, you know what? It's, it's it's totally fine. She was not a very good person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. We, we don't have a good track record of grandmas on this show. We really don't. <laughs> bad grandpa. I'm more like bad grandma. Um, <laughs> do you want to option that script? Do you want to write that? 
Do <laughs> who me? Yeah, I'll collab. I have the stories. I don't know if I have the. Uh... I'm not a very good writer. I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's fine. You can do concept art for it. I'll write it. We we got two grandmas banding together. One just really fucking loves apples. The other one really loves Jesus and disapproves of my lifestyle. So mm. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> so many options. I have two grandmas. Not surprisingly, as many people do. Uh, one was a lovely human being who lived with us for much of my later teenage years and like 20s. She died when I was like 29. <laughs> and then there was my dad's grandma who, this is, this is a true story, and I don't think I've told this on the podcast. She was so upset that my father was marrying a Christian girl and not a Jewish girl that she faked a heart attack on their wedding day so she wouldn't have to be there. What? <laughs> yep. Faked a heart attack. So how do you do that exactly? <laughs> well, I think she said, I'm having a heart attack. And like, I wasn't there, obviously. Uh, but so I forget the details, but I do remember that she really hated my mother because she wasn't Jewish and thoroughly opposed my parents' wedding and couldn't even be there for the ceremony. She died. I've never met this person. She died well before I was born. I, I was born seven years after my parents were married. So somewhere in there she died. So I never met her. But everyone who talked about her said that she was just awful. <laughs> well, uh, mazel tov then. <laughs> Imagine yep. caring about anything so much that you'd be willing to fake a heart attack to get out of doing it. Yeah. Like faking a heart attack to really do it. You have to like go to the fucking hospital. There's a lot of people who are going to find out that you're an asshole. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who are going to be like, you're definitely faking this heart attack. It's not like you just say, oh, I'm having a heart attack. And then like, you don't go to the hospital. You don't see a doctor. You're like, I'm fine. You have to follow through with it. And so like, that's a level of commitment that you have to really, really, really fucking not want to do that thing. <laughs> we had a, a friend once, and I will give no details about this person, uh, who claimed to have a brain tumor. And then everyone thought they were faking, especially when someone was like, hey, my father is a brain surgeon. Do you want me to put you in touch with them? And this person was like, no, nah, I'm good. And <laughs> so everyone was pretty convinced this person was completely faking a brain tumor, especially since years later, people asked them like, hey, how was that tumor? And they were like, it just kind of stopped. <laughs> what? But wait, the twist yeah. is that it was real? No. Oh, okay. The twist is that like nothing happened with it. In retrospect, it's a bad story uh, because <laughs> it, it not only doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't have an ending, but yeah, I can only think of one person I know, like an actual friend who was almost 100% sure, surely faking a serious illness. Wow, we got some some Munchausen content on here. We're, we're right? 16 minutes in, we're going for it. I like that you say Munchausen and not Munchausen. Munchausen, Really Fuck emphasize you. the munch. I mean, I say Munchausen too. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the munch in Munchausen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the word munch. Brother. It's visceral. In terms of like words for eating, it, it's very funny hearing what people refer to. You know, as like I'm having a snack, like I'm having a nibble. I'm gonna nosh on something. I'm nosh is munch. Nosh is the best, right? You're not gonna like, like all things. There's a better Yiddish word for it than anything else. And nosh perfectly 
represents that concept of I'm just going to have a little bite. Is that a Yiddish word, Nosh? I'm 99% sure. I didn't realize it was Yiddish. Hold on. I would be shocked if it wasn't. Yep, it is. It's not a word that I, I see used all that often. It is definitely a word I grew up with. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, what do you refer to as like, I'm going to have a snack? I just say I'm going to yummy down on some stuff. <laughs> you say that all the time. All the time. That's my catchphrase. I'm going to yummy down on some stuff. Yeah. Brian Wecht. Going to yummy down on some skivvies. <laughs> Wait, that's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's not the same thing. Vittles is the word that I meant to say. Vittles. Yummy down on some vittles. There is a town in um, rural North Carolina that I think of often because it's a little like one intersection town called Brasstown. And they have like literally the, the it, I talked about possum capital of the world on a previous episode. Yes, That's where this did. is. But like they just have the hill that says Brasstown and like the Hollywood sign style. But there's like three stores there. One's the gas station, which is possums. Another one is a yarn shop. And then the other one is a store that I never went into, but it's called Vital Vittles. And I just think of it <laughs> so much. That's awesome. And what do they sell at Vital Vittles, if you know? I don't know. I never found out. I The, oh. the idea that I got was like the, the place that I picture inside is like concrete floor. And then they have those big, tall, like plastic dispensers of like lentils. Yep. That That's just what I was imagining. Like a health food store. Kind of vibe. Yeah, but it definitely did not have the Whole Foods vibe. Oh, I remember health food stores before they were like fancy, back when they were just weird and shitty, like in the <laughs> late 80s. And it was a bunch of like very off-putting hippies that were the, the owners and entire clientele. Oh, yeah. Those still exist. They're just drowned out by the Whole Foods. You know what I mean? Yes. I feel like every city still has those. Okay, so a doctor for something recommended like some kind of clean eating bullshit at some point. And so there was a period of my young life where we actually went to health food stores quite a bit to try to get, you know, I like, I don't even remember what exactly what it was, maybe gluten-free or something in retrospect, almost total nonsense, I'm sure. But I remember being 10 ish and going to like very hard to find health food stores in New York city and just, you know, being like, oh, what's this fun soda? And then you try it and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Why is this yogurt-based? What's going yeah, on? <laughs> exactly. So, Arthur, I want to hear about weird stores you grew up with in Nova Scotia. Oh, well, actually, I'm glad you asked. Because I was just about to say my favorite thing is weird stores that, like, are kind of, you walk past them every day, maybe, or you drive past them and you for, like, a decade and you still have no idea what they sell. And there's yes. one store in particular that comes to mind for Halifax, Nova Scotia. Anyone listening uh, grew up in Halifax. It's gone now. If you're under the age of like 20, you might not have ever seen it. But it, it was this store called the Cannot Pharmacy. Spell that. Not K-N-O-T. What I'm asking is you're not just pronouncing the word not in some Canadian way. Pretty sure it's C-O-N-N-A-U-G-H-T, Cannot. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's not what I was expecting. No, me neither. That's like a big street in Halifax, like a main kind of main roadway. But there's this pharmacy on it that had been there. Like my, my dad grew up in Halifax as well. It was there when he was a kid. It was it's always been there, basically. And the lights are always off. Uh, and <laughs> no one's ever inside, uh, but it's always open. And uh 
all of the posters in the windows are like completely faded. So they don't have like any color left in them at all. They're just like, you know, like when stuff's been there for like 10 years, it's like the only color left is like blue and white. Yep. Like the posters Mm -hmm. just like, it's hard to even tell what they were originally. It's like that. Uh, But a lot of the images that they had up in the windows were like of Dracula. (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, it's like Dracula. There's like some other like vampire kind of related stuff. And then also one that was like uh, abortion is murder. (laughs) 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 It was like that forever. Um, And it was always like a big mystery to everyone. And like there were apartments above it. So people upstairs whoever lived in the building upstairs weren't the owners. I don't think mm-hmm. throughout the years, stories would come out about what the deal was with that place. About these anti-choice vampires that ran the Connaught pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember exactly. I think that the deal was, is that they were very, very old and it still was a functioning pharmacy for like a long time. But at some point, like it was just this weird business that was just open and technically you could go there to get like prescriptions and stuff. But like, I don't think anyone ever did. Mm-hmm. At one point, my, uh, my mom actually, she used to work for like a, a company that like they ran like the software for pharmacies and she would have to go and like repair computers at like different pharmacies around Nova Scotia. And, uh, one of the pharmacies that they were, that the company was tr- constantly trying to always like get on contract was that pharmacy but they didn't use computers. They only used like paper uh, up until like, you know, 10 years ago or something like that. So it was like, whoever owned it was like really, really, really fucking old. And you never went in. I never set foot in it. I don't know anyone who's ever gone in either. What the, f- why, why Dracula? Was there some sort of prom- promotion? Like, oh man, I couldn't even begin to tell you. <laughs> Not even like movie posters, just like almost like um, uh, headshots. From like the <laughs> 1950s, but like of people as Dracula. Of like Bella Lugosi and stuff? Yeah, like that vintage Dracula. <laughs> I don't remember if they were actually Bella Lugosi or not, but yeah, it's like super, super weird stuff of nightmares for sure. Always there, the Cannot Pharmacy. I bet you can find a picture of it. Guess we're going to find out. Whatever happened to the Cannot Pharmacy? There you go. What the hell's with the Kanaf Pharmacy? Last week, we tried to tell you what's up with the mysterious... Wow, this is a documented thing. Show me, show me the posters. Okay, I don't see the Dracula posters. I see the building. It's like a brick building, a two-story brick building. I like the typeface that Kanaf is in. That's nice. I moved from Halifax almost 10 years ago. So I haven't seen it since then, I don't think. Wow, so the the What the Hell's with the Cannot Pharmacy is not an article, but is a song by a band called The Hemingways from 2004. Oh. But there's an article on the coast called Whatever Happened to the Cannot Pharmacy. Yeah, the coast is the local paper. Shout out to the coast. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, you can kind of see some of the weird pictures they have in there. Oh, yeah, they say a velvet painting of a vampire. Yeah, yeah, okay. Very cool. Anyhow, that's that's probably mine. That's like the weirdest thing I can think of. There's probably other weird things in Halifax and definitely in Nova Scotia, but that's definitely where my brain went to first. Good old Cannot Pharmacy. See, New, New Jersey has famously is where the weird U.S. thing started with the 
the magazine Weird New Jersey. Do you, you both must know about this. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't, I don't think I know what this is. So years ago, probably 20 years ago, possibly more, a zine started, which was like, hey, check out all this weird shit in New Jersey, including like there was a bunch of kind of Jersey devil stuff or there's supposed to be like a village in Totoa for ex like freak show performers, stuff like that. And then it expanded, became so popular that basically expanded into a whole like every state had its own weird thing. And there was a weird U.S. book about just like odd shit around the country. Okay. Does it dive into like Route 66 kind of stuff, like weird roadside attractions? That's definitely there, but it's it also, it's less touristy than that. Uh, so a lot of it is just like strange rumors about stuff. Like these are rumors that you heard growing up in Jersey. And then I, I definitely had a couple friends, I never did this, who spent an idle evening, you know, in high school or college, you know, on a break, just driving around Northern Jersey looking for, like literally just driving at random, trying to find this village of circus performers. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) The mythic village of circus performers. Yeah, I'm trying to think of strange, like Wilmington, North Carolina places of which, you know, it's like downtown is considered really haunted, but as with any place in the South with old buildings, everyone's like, this place is super haunted. And you're like, yeah, how is it haunted? And they'll be like it's super haunted. Um, and so there's, there aren't any like real stories other than going on a ghost tour and they're like, a woman died here. Okay, dude. Um, but there is one place and I think I might've told one of you this story, but I'm going to act like that has not happened. Um, so there's this place uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina called the Serpentarium. Did I tell you about this? No. Okay. Um, so there's this place called the Serpentarium that was just like a staple of downtown Wilmington where it was a big old building with like an apartment on top and it just had this full banner down the side that was a big like King Cobra and it said the Serpentarium. It was a little, um, you know, two-story building with, it, it was just snakes. It was only, only snakes. And it was really fucking dope. Uh, if you were going on a field trip in Wilmington, North Carolina, you sure as shit were going to go see some snakes. And it was just like, cool as hell. The the founder and the guy who ran it, Dean Ripa, he was always there, always walking the floor. He would pull out the King Cobras and just chill with them. But one of the special things about the museum was that with every like placard next to all the different snakes, dude had been bitten by all of them like multiple times. And so he would describe what it felt like to be bitten by certain snakes. Awesome. And so... The one that stands out to me, and I don't remember which snake it was, but I think about this so often, is the way he described it was, it feels like getting your hand blowtorched and then slammed in a car door. Oh. But like th- the way that this dude's career with snakes started was that when he was a child, he would go find snakes in the woods and then put them loose in his bedroom, and his parents didn't know, and they didn't find out that there were a f- just a whole lot of snakes in his room until he got bitten by a coppermouth. So he had just been hoarding snakes his entire life, really eccentric character. And then one day, his wife shot him, and he died. So the Serpentarium closed. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. So no more snakes. It's gone now. And I'm really glad that, like, right before I moved out here, my dad and I went to the Serpentarium, and there was a place that opened up next to it that was one of those, like, creepy oddity museums where it's like, yeah, it's a taxidermy chipmunk. It's really twisted i guess 
Um, but we went to both of those places and I did not know that was the last time I would. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> Taxidermy chipmunk. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> really like, you know, the kind of thing where you see the little like duckling taxidermy, but like, oh, it's silly because there's a little, it's got a cigarette in its mouth and there's a knocked over bottle of whiskey. Isn't that <clears throat> nuts? I'm acting like I don't love that shit. I really love that shit and I'm charmed by it. I'm sure you do. I own a taxidermy frog playing an accordion, so I'm on board with this. Whoa! Layton, I'm looking at a map of Wilmington right now. Tell me about Jungle Rapids. Oh, I'll tell you about Jungle Rapids, my friend. All right, Jungle Rapids is the big arcade that's in Wilmington that was just a haunt that if you wanted to go someplace cool, you were going to Jungle Rapids. And, um, you know, for the little kids, they had one of those, like, big indoor, like, crazy jungle gyms with ball pits and shit. They had rock climbing. There was a huge water park behind it that I never went to because I think, as we've discussed on this show, I'm terrified of water parks. They had go-kart racing. They had putt-putt. So it was, like, really really legit. So that was a big haunt for me and my dad. Uh, We would just go play games and we would camp out at the Adams Family pinball table, which, you know, the best. Uh, And then as the years went by, like all their good old shit got replaced by like, here's a thing where you spin a big fat wheel and it's Candy Crush. And so they just like stopped taking care of the tables and like, it was just a bummer. But, you know, I'm good at crane games. And there was a crane game where you could get a ton of candy. And my dad and I would just sit at that machine and get like a Halloween bag worth of candy every time. How is anyone good at crane games? Aren't they just rigged completely? Like the claw? There's some of them are rigged, but not all of them are like wood that we could go to round one right now because I clean house at round round one. <laughs> like I have so many plushies that I don't need or know what to do with, but you know, it's just the thrill of the hunt. There are strats. Not every single one of them is rigged, but you know the ones that are rigged because it's like win an iTunes gift card. Like, yeah, nobody's getting that one. I just want to say, I want to go off on something for a moment here. Fuck these arcades that got rid of video games and exchanged them for like grade Z casino games. Like the push the coin off the edge. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a thing of quarters. There's like a little, you know, plunger that pushes it off the Mm -hmm. edge. There's just random wheels. I get why those are fun for some people. But the fact that you took decent arcade games and got rid of them for basically stupid gambling. I, I just, I hate it. We took Audrey to some arcade for some like friend's birthday party. I don't know. This was like a year ago. And I mean, this is such an old guy rant. I could not fucking believe (laughs) what arcades had become. It is, Mm -hmm. to me, it is not fun at all. But to be fair, I was also not on board with arcades when they started becoming like House of the Dead style things, which were, to me, not as fun as, you know, put the quarter in and play Qbert for a fucking hour uh, style (laughs) game. So some of this is admittedly just personal preference but uh, there is a big difference i feel like one is just okay there's like the you know the first person shooter style house of the dead kind of thing game and that's fine i I don't like them particularly but whatever but i would argue that the gambling things are like actually bad yeah like harmful yeah harmful because i mean it really seems like you're i mean i don't want to make a moral judgment here but it seems like you're trying to get little kids into gambling i mean look nobody is more pro get little kids into gambling than I am. I'm well documented on on this. You're talking about it all the time. All the time. Well, that's how I'm going to, as they say, make my nut in the child gambling industry. Don't you can't say that. 
definitely, definitely maybe uh, rework that one a little bit. But <laughs> what? What's wrong with the phrase "make my nut"? <laughs> In the child gaming, industry. <laughs> the child gambling industry is the operative part of that sentence. <laughs> well, we can all agree or disagree with each other. Anyway, continue. Oh dear God. Uh, this podcast in the 20-whatever episodes it's been on has really gone downhill. <laughs> I'm feeling saucy today, too. <laughs> That's my Brian. I think it's the heat-induced delirium right now. Um, but I, I loved those little, like, red and black, you know, like, oh, you land on this when you get a 50 billion tickets, and then all the kids are going to stare at you as it spits out a huge pile of tickets, and you're going to feel like the coolest kid in this zone, even though you're afraid of the huge statue of the xenomorph that they have hanging above the laser tag, which I just remembered they did have laser tag. But yeah, I was very afraid of the big xenomorph thing that they had up there to the point where I did not wish to walk past it. I want to circle back, Leighton. You mentioned that you are afraid of water parks. Yeah. Have you ever, did you know there's a movie about a killer water slide? <laughs> no, what? Wait, wait, hold on. You're not referring to the Class Action Park documentary, which I just watched. You're referring to a bad horror movie? Yeah, it just came out. It's terrible. I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be terrible. It's called Aqua Slash. Aqua Slash. <laughs> it's literally about a killer slide. <laughs> I mean, I don't know like how, what the angle is. I don't know if it's like. Oh, and it has a red band trailer. Sounds like we're going to need to watch this over Discord. I have no trust that this doesn't completely suck shit. And I have a I have a thing against like a certain era of post-Sharknado intentionally bad things like this, but... I'm not sure if it's that kind of movie, if it's like... It doesn't look like it. It's hard to tell. All I know is that the, the concept alone is kind of worth watching. It's a winner, yeah. 71 minutes, so that's not a long evening. It's perfect. I mean, how much can you really milk that concept? Truly. I guess we can find out if we watch Aquaslash. I appreciate that, like, you look at Google Images for Aquaslash, lots of results from a DeviantArt account named Aquaslash, including some uh, Sonic the Hedgehog fan art. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so I think that sounds a lot better than watching a movie called Aquaslash, but to each their own. Now, you're going to be surprised to hear this, but there are shots... There's screen like uh, screen grabs in the movie where blood is pouring out of a water slide. I mean, I feel like that's basically it. Like somebody was like, like it was like a Zack Snyder thing where he was like, "Oh, I have this cool idea for one shot," and then he made an entire <laughs> movie out of it. You know, to justify yeah. that single shot. Yeah. Did you guys ever see a Sucker Punch? I never did because I heard it was awful. Oh yeah, it's awful, but it's a really great kind of awful. <laughs> Sorry, just to interrupt real quick, uh, and I'll say this, I'll get this off my chest, then we never need to talk about it again. Uh, Aqua Slash is a member of Mermaid Guns and Roses. Okay, continue. <laughs> Brian, with the, with the child gambling nut line in that, I think we're, we're pretty good for today. I'm gonna yeah, go. I'll just shut up and sit here for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and Art now, which first of all, we haven't even fucking introduced this episode. Oh, shit. Okay, everybody, this is a Leighton Knight with Brian Weck. That's Leighton. Hi, that's me. The other person you just heard talking is Brian. I don't know what this show is anymore. I don't know how to pitch it. If you got this far, I guess you you care about as much as we do. Mystery guest, would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Mr. Yes. I'm Arthur Doyle. Uh, you might know me as Laser Horse, and I am an illustrator, and I do a little bit of graphic design, too. Now, Arthur, whom have you worked with? And there are two acts in particular 
that I'm looking for here, if not three? There's a few. There's a few acts, you know. Uh, the, the big ones are uh, this little band called Ninja Sex Party. I do a lot of stuff for those guys. Nice. And I do almost all of the artwork for the band Twerp. And I have since the beginning. So I'm, I'm like an unofficial member of the band at this point because like their entire visual identity is basically that's what I've been doing for a long time. <laughs> and a lot of NSPs too. I mean, you've done our last our last four albums, maybe? I think so, hey? Yeah. Shit. There's a lot. There's been a lot. And then, like, a lot of, like, odd job stuff. Like, a lot of what I do is not very exciting. But the probably the most fun stuff is the, the twerp and NSP. Sorry, who's clicking? That's me. Sorry. <laughs> I was looking up the Knuckle Slash director. <laughs> 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 I needed to know more. <laughs> I'm sorry. What else is in their oeuvre? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> it looks like, I think it's kind of like their big one, honestly. What a shock. Smash hit. More like a splash hit. <sighs> wow. Uh, there we go. Got him. But there, there is some exciting twerp news, is there not? There is super exciting twerp news, and uh, it's, I guess it's already out there. I did the album cover for it, but there's like a a whole new album coming out and that drops on September 25th and it's going to be pretty fun. They just released like the track list for it. So there's like a bunch of collaborators on it. Yeah. Including our boy, Dan Abaddon. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting that half of my band was asked to work on the album. Uh, And of course we're friends with twerp and shut up. Uh, And (laughs) uh, it was really interesting that, they picked Dan to guest on the album and, and and not me, me being also part of the band Ninja Sex Party. And I, you know, I love playing music. I love playing music with my friends. I love it when they ask me to, to do stuff with them. And knowing that, because I've said that to them explicitly, Twerp, if you're listening to this, I'm not mad exactly. Uh, but I do like playing music with my friends, and I think it's it's, it's interesting uh, that you picked half of my band to be on your amazing album with you. And they sent me the tracks, and it's a really, really great album. Maybe it could have been one guest better, I guess, if, if I'm really kind of going into it. But uh, anyway, I'm just kind of stating facts about the album as as they occur to me. Well, I'm glad you bring that up, because I general, I think, like this is a good example of why they're such bad guys. Yes, um, they're they're bad guys. There's some filthy bastards to be sure. This is just like one of many, many, many strikes against you. You know what I mean? I'd like mm-hmm. at this point, if I were you, I would cut off contact. What's the most fucked up thing they've done to you in your working relationship? <laughs> the most fucked up thing they've done to me? Like not paying invoices, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking well, for. Well, I've never been I've never been paid, so that's a big one. Oh fuck. Um, yeah. Yeah. They still make me pay to get into their shows, which is also kind of like fucked up, I think. Dan makes me pay to get into ninja sex party shows. Yeah, this is see, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is bullshit. So we work with bad guys. Or tell me, do they still have you chained in the basement? Chained in the basement. Are you are you at liberty <laughs> to say? How do you know about that? 
<laughs> I'm just saying that I don't have any involvement with these very bad guys. I'm just saying if I did, that the bad guys might speak to me sometimes about their various sins. There was a phase where I was chained in the basement. And, hot. you know, it wasn't that kind of chained in the basement, Brian. Come on. It's still hot. I've heard different. That, okay, look. There's <laughs> one kind of chained in the basement, as far as I'm concerned, and it's hot. <laughs> And it's the hot one. Yeah, that's right. Fair enough. There's like, you know, little variations you can do, but there's one big umbrella. <laughs> it, was, it was chains. It was a gross basement. It was, you know, not a lot of food, not a lot of sunlight. It was during the phase where I was making that music video for them. It sucked. That's right. You you animated the hit. I did. I did animate the hit. And I didn't realize how hard it was to animate until I had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a unbelievable amount of respect for animators because I think like just, it takes me forever to like draw an image. The idea of like doing an entire animated video that's even like one minute long, let alone like four minutes long is ludicrous to me. Yeah, it's like, okay, do the drawing, do another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. No, you can't have food today. And another one. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, Chuchuru is like, I don't understand that guy, because he is so fast, and then publicly says things. And I, I love this dude, right? He's incredible. He's done a bunch of NSP stuff. Incredible animator, really sweet guy. And then he'll say stuff online like, is it just me? I don't think animation's that hard. And you can hear a chorus of a million people screaming fuck you from various <laughs> mountaintops. That guy works so fast. Somebody could say that and then like their animation could not be good. And then you're that guy and it's just like awesome as shit. Offensive. Yes. IMO. Yeah. But yeah, the hit fucking rules. And I, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, you did the illustration and design for Over the Top, which is a, you sent me this before it was a thing asking for some notes and like, so fucking gorgeous. I really cannot emphasize. Like, listeners, if you have not looked at it yet, go feast your eyes upon this beautiful, it rules. beautiful image that art has created. Well, thank you. Thank you, you guys. What was the uh, big inspo for that visually? Big inspo for that. Gotta hand it to Star Trek, the original series. Hell yes. <laughs> we call it TOS. TOS, yes. I've noticed that because people, because a couple, couple people have picked up on it. That's the Vasquez Rocks. I'll admit it. It's the Vasquez Rocks. You caught me. Um, And the idea was like a tribute to uh, cheesy science fiction. The guys are in LA, so they have access to some of these locations. Uh, They tried to shoot some promo there, but it was all closed down because of COVID. So ended up just getting some like reference shots. And yeah, it's it's Vasquez Rocks. It's kind of like, I don't know, if if you're familiar with like late 70s fusion album covers there's a lot of like uh yes yeah there's like a there's a goofy thing going on where they like to put instruments in them they like to make them seem like really grand and like there's like a cross section between like fusion album covers and like science fiction paperback novel covers that's basically it that's the idea and then also trying to pay tribute to some of like Vasquez Rocks is featured in so many science fiction things uh, through like every era that it just feels right, you know? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. you nailed that look so much. I'm looking at pictures of Vasquez Rocks. Aha, okay, this thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's been in like every Star Trek series. Bill and Ted 2 had a scene there. I believe that's where they die. It's Bedrock, the city of Bedrock in the 90s Flintstones movie. The John Goodman. That's right. Hmm. Oh, this is where the Gorn fight scene. Correct. I get it. All right. I see it. I wanted to replicate that scene, but again, it was closed. It's hard to hire a Gorn these days. It's hard to hire a Gorn. You know? Very expensive. The styrofoam rocks are easy easy enough to do, though. Where did you get a keytar that big? Oh, man. I can't give you my sources. (laughs) I'm just going to tell people that. Yeah, because that's a photograph, right? Yeah, that's real. They brought a keytar there and took a picture of it. Yeah, they brought it and they actually um, incorporated it permanently into Vasquez Rock. So if you go to Vasquez now, it's still there. Make sure to go check it out right now. Yeah, the legal process is pending. And I I feel like since they're such bad guys with shady connections that like that that case is going to get thrown out. Well, they also petitioned to rename that city Keytar Flats. (laughs) What's what's it actually called? town that's like right around. Pretty sure it's called Kitar Flats. <laughs> yeah. Agua Dulce is, I don't know if that's the town or if that's like the name of the land or something, but definitely Agua Dulce is a, an area around there. Okay. So that's a way of me not answering your question. Oh no, it looks like the Vasquez Rocks Easter Sunrise service was canceled. <laughs> that's sad. Rachel and Audrey actually, or more Rachel, took me there for my birthday like two years ago. It was kind of like a I'm driving you somewhere, and I'm not going to tell you where you're going. That Audrey wasn't driving. It was Rachel. How would you know? You weren't looking. I was watching, but I, I wasn't told our destination. Yeah, oh, sometimes I do want to put Audrey in a car. I, I can't say this publicly. <laughs> uh, if there was a safe way of doing this, I would love to watch a six-year-old drive. But there's no safe way of doing it. They really just let children drive go-karts. Okay, so now we have to talk about Action Park. In New Jersey. Have we talked about this before? We mentioned it on one of the previous episodes and we discussed it briefly and how terrifying it was. I don't remember if it was a main feed episode or a premium episode. Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, There was a water slash amusement park in Vernon, New Jersey. That's northern New Jersey called Action Park, which was known for continually fucking people up. And in fact, a few people died there very tragically like teenagers jesus yeah basically there was this complete like monster of a dude that ran it the the documentaries on hbo was it fucking vincent price what's going on here (laughs) yeah it like okay here's some shit this guy did it's bananas uh he basically wasn't an engineer and he would just come up with these ideas for for rides like the big one that you hear about a lot was the slide with the loop-de-loop in it. Yeah, we talked about that slide. There's yeah. no way that worked. Well, he it did work and he would send people down it, but basically he didn't have any engineering background. So what he would do is he would design it and then get people who worked at the park and be like, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you test this thing out. And he'd start handing out hundred dollar bills to like teenagers who would go down this thing and routinely emerge hurt. Here was my favorite thing with this documentary. And bear in mind, this place is actually tragic and run by a bad dude. People died there. So everything I'm saying, you know, you should be thinking, this is bad. I'm not glorifying this in any way. This is more like a, oh my God, that's fucked up kind of thing. 
I love that you have to say that before you talk about something, because as we all know, if you talk about something that is bad and you don't turn to the audience and explicitly tell them that it's bad, you're enabling that. Yeah, you're endorsing it. It's a little problematic to me. Definitely. I would say a lot of the people that I grew up with, you know, who were like teenagers in the 80s in Jersey, Northern Jersey, there's definitely a, a lot of like, holy shit, that was amazing kind of vibe. I was... You know, being me, uh, I was not athletic and generally scared of everything. And the idea of going to a death park was never in the cards. I went once. I think I, I don't have a clear memory of this, probably because I passed out from fear. But uh, <laughs> I, I do remember going in the wave pool, which is definitely a place that at least a couple people died in that exact wave pool. And basically, you know, being surrounded by drunk teenagers and terrified and going home. So, Anyway, here's the thing I want to say about the slide is, uh, so they, they had this loop-de-loop slide and they sent people down and the first few people they sent down would come out like with their faces all bloodied up and then they kept sending people down and at some point people started coming out and people would get through the loop-de-loop, like they generally wouldn't get stuck. At some point people started coming down with lacerations on them and they were like where the fuck are these cuts coming from and they opened up the top and found embedded in the slide teeth from the people who had gone down before that were cutting the people who were then going down the slide so these people were being cut by embedded teeth from previous like from testers for the ride what <laughs> yep and like wait so like the testers didn't know what <laughs> it's well, here's the thing about the documentary, which is a very real criticism, which is that they get a lot of it is like not super well documented. And so there's definitely a portion of it where you're like, did that really happen? But most of it is not just good story. I, you know, a lot of it you can, you can document the teeth thing is a story they tell that I don't think they provide any evidence for. Oh, but it's such a fun, ooky spooky story. Yeah. I don't know how I got these scars, teeth in a fucking water slide. <laughs> or just like the image of water slides having like a set of teeth is pretty great too. Yes. Now that's an Aqua Slash. Well, I guess we need to watch Aqua Slash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Director of Aqua Slash, I've already forgotten your name. Uh, you missed opportunity, bud. This reminds me of, you know, I've unlocked a repressed memory side quest within my own brain and I am choosing to take it. So my mother's sister took me and her sons to like some Myrtle Beach quote-unquote resort where it was a bunch of like you know you got a lazy river you got your little like not quite water park but like there's a water slide and there's like an umbrella the water you know what I'm talking about like uh-huh like water jungle gyms wait water jungle gyms what the fuck is yeah. that I've never even heard of that yeah I mean they're basically like jungle gyms except there's like water and shit uh, you see them at like the Nickelodeon Resort or uh, like any of the Disney ones, or it's oh, basically just wow. like normal jungle gym but fucked up, huh? And slippery and a liability. Anyway, they're always like in some sort of like you know three foot deep pool. And me and my cousins were kind of fucking around in there. And then you know you got kids on vacation; they bring their own toys, and we were all really into those things that you throw and then they sink to the bottom, and you go dive and you bring them up. Mm-hmm. We found one of those and we were like, oh, this one's shaped like a shark. That's cool. And I picked it up and I threw it. Uh, 
and was like, that's not a toy. And we picked it up and it was a dead baby shark. And we found out that a bunch of teenagers had killed a bunch of sea animals and brought them to every single one of the pools. So they found like a dead horseshoe crab in like the lazy river. What? But I guess they decided the good place to put that baby shark was in the children's jungle gym area. Uh, So it was kind of leaking some blood out there. And then, you know, we were like, hey, Aunt Joan, uh, this is a a shark. Um, And I just have the, the strongest memory of my absolutely furious aunt carrying a dead shark by the tail up to like resident services or whatever and slapping it on the counter. <laughs> is that what the song Baby Shark is about? <laughs> I mean, I don't know where the mama shark and the the, the grandpa shark were, but yeah. it sounds about right. Well, they were probably indifferent. Yeah, you just got to follow the do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> anyway, so that's my story of finding a dead baby shark in a children's pool. That sucks. Yeah, it was really bad. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go inside and play The Sims on my Nintendo DS. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm good on the pool. That's like a life-ruining moment as a child. <laughs> to be swimming and then they're like to be like in a safe pool and then there's a fucking shark. Like that's like scarring, even if it's scarring. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad that we didn't know it was a shark until we touched it and we're like, hmm, sandpaper. Oh, wait. That's wow. so weird. Who does that? Monsters. Yeah, that is. Re- now that I think about it, that is really fucked up. It's so, there's like so many levels. To it. <laughs> because first of all, where they get a dead baby shark? Yeah, that requires like some effort. I didn't even think about that. That's an excellent question. It was a really little guy. Oh man, that's bizarre. Wow. Yeah, Myrtle Beach. <laughs> it's a terrible place. Do not go there. I was thinking about this the other day, and I include Myrtle Beach in this. Every time I see video footage of people having what's supposed to look like fun, it makes me want to die. I Anything that people consider fun is my least favorite thing. I don't like theme park rides. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like clubs. I don't like dancing. I, I'm a, you, you both know, I'm really fun. I'm fucking fun as shit. But anything that looks like traditional fun to me is an actual nightmare, is a waking nightmare. Are you with me on this? We know you well enough to know that it's it, your activity agnostic. It's just seeing people joyful. That's true. Which actually at this point, now when I see people having fun, I get angry uh, for different <laughs> reasons. Yeah, that's true. Do you think there's any footage of you floating around from like, I don't know, like college days of like traditional spring break footage was a bunch of people with like backwards hats, screaming shirtless and like, drinking Corona or something like that on a beach. Uh-huh. So you're telling me that doesn't exist for you? That doesn't exist. I didn't drink until after college, for one, because I was worried it would be too fun, actually, and that's a real thing. Uh, <laughs> what did I do on spring break? I went home and hung out in New Jersey and didn't go to Action Park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my spring breaks... Actually, I remember the best spring break I, I ever had was I spent most of it in my parents' basement doing quantum mechanics problem sets. That was a dope spring break. Actually, that was a really great spring break. I was literally just about to make fun of you. Like, yeah, I bet you were sitting at home doing math. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Right itself. It's incredible. Yeah, I would sit and I would work on some math or some physics and, you know, play Diablo, original Diablo, not fucking new hell Diablo, yeah. which is what I call Diablo 2. <laughs> new Diablo. <laughs> 
yeah, it's the new one. Um, that was that was spring break. I guess occasionally, I guess occasionally I go to New York. You could get discount tickets for operas and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that was <laughs> spring break, baby. Hell yeah, dude! The level of self roasting here is really unprecedented. Uh, are are you are you a theme parksman? Do you enjoy a theme park? I uh, depends. I'm not big on heights, so anything that has like a height component to it, I'm sort of out. Um, like roller coasters, I like roller coasters, but when they get like really high up, I'm like I'm tapping out. I'm not doing those ones. <laughs> like an example is like I won't go on a Ferris wheel. Fuck Ferris wheels. No, mm. thank you. Not interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, above all, they're just like really boring. Yes, thank you. That's why I love them. They're awesome. <laughs> it's just that I don't like the feeling of being, it's not so much being high up, it's more like being suspended by something like, uh, another example would be like a ski lift. Although I will get in a ski lift, but like, I don't like it. How is it that more people don't die on ski lifts? They seem like the easiest thing in the world to fall out of, right? I mean, isn't that the point? Super easy. <laughs> but why would you design them like that? By the way, there's part of the Action Park documentary where you you know they had alpine slides, which uh, on the alpine slides where I think the first death occurred there. But as you were going up, you would carry your sled with you, and people would <laughs> knock them off the ski lift and try to hit people going down the mountain on the alpine slide with oh the God. sleds. Yeah, like actually try to hit them. Anyway, sick. I love children. That's pretty cool. So it adds like a whole new element of danger that just really ramps up. That's what you're paying for. That was there already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to say the other thing about the action park guy is he couldn't get insurance. So he created his own fake insurance company, like offshore <laughs> yeah. insurance company to insure action park. I mean, like how much money was this park making? Like, was it really worth all this effort? He was a centerpiece of the local economy. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a big draw. It, it was like packed. It, I mean, it was like it, it was unavoidable in Jersey in the summer for sure. Everyone I knew went there, except me. Wow! And did people know it was that dangerous during that time period, or did it kind of like happen later? See, I I don't remember knowing that at the time, but also because it was too fun, I never really wanted to go. So <laughs> I went that one time. Uh, which I, again, only have the vaguest memories of, but it was so far outside my speed that I, I think I was generally unaware of of it. You know, I had a lot of fantasy paperbacks to read. and Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I was using my time wisely and not going out with friends having fun. Reading some, like, Michael Moorcock or something? Uh, <laughs> you know it, baby. <laughs> As we've talked about, actually semi-recently, I was very into Dragonlance. I was very into the Piers Anthony Xanth books. Uh, I read a, a bunch of the Michael Moorcock stuff. Uh, what else? Terry Brooks, for absolute sure. Craig Shaw Gardner, I was a big fan of. If it was a, you know, uh, a fantasy series in the 80s, I probably read it. And also probably was scared by some plot points in it and then lost sleep over parts of it. I'm imagining a young Brian flipping through these fantasy books and it's like, okay, big old dragon fight over doing some alchemy. Oh, these people are having fun. Fuck. I, this is too much. I gotta get out of here. Brian, the way you describe yourself as a kid makes me think of you as like a character from like a Steven Spielberg movie. Like the like the 
geeky friend that's like has the solutions to all the problems. Like I feel like you were that kid. Yes, I was the 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 chubby eighties nerd, one hundred percent. You know, big thick glasses. Yeah, absolutely. Into all the stereotypical nerd stuff, you know, taking like extra computer classes outside of school so I could learn to program better. Nice. In basic, of course, because I'm, you know, basic. I'm an original. You don't know what basic is? No, I'm calling you basic. Oh, you're calling me basic. Yes. Okay. Here, here's a t-shirt idea. Anyone can take this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bunch of basic code. It says, like, you know how you number your lines in basic? So... This is, requires an elaborate setup, which is why it's funny. Uh, so line one says 10, and then it says print, in quotes, pumpkin spice latte, right? And then 20, go to 10. And underneath it, in like 80s computer font, it says basic bitch. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's definitely a concept. Uh, I don't know if anyone... It's it's such a niche shirt, you know. Yeah. Are you are you opening to accepting feedback on this? Give me the feedback, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> um, you know, after a lot of thought, uh, you really laid it out for us there, and uh, I really admire your effort. But um, it fucking sucks. <laughs> I, I can tell you love it. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to do it, Brian. Now I have to do it. I mean, isn't that more streamlined version of that bitch just doing like, I don't know, a hunk of basic or whatever and then writing bitch under it? Yeah, you could do that. Sure. The suckier version, I'm, I'm assuming from your viewpoint. Yeah. If only I knew two artists who would happily design this for free. <laughs> oh, if you, if you know anything about artists, it's that we love doing shit for free. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, just like art does for a uh, twerp. Well, how about this? I have a very popular podcast, and either of you can design this for exposure on the podcast. This is huge for us. It's going to be a big day. Yeah. Brian, do you want to do a limited edition boutique late night t shirt that is that bit? Yeah. We should. De- okay, we're doing that. I'll sell five of them. I don't care. If that, and there four of them are going to go to you. Yeah, I'll I'll proudly wear it. You know, everyone wants to see a middle-aged guy wearing a t-shirt that says basic bitch on it. That's that's just it's great. Everything about it reads. Yeah, upload that to Twitter, call it a day, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Log off. Yeah. Maybe forever, who knows. That's me, Brian Beckton. <laughs> I have beaten the internet. Good night. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Good night, computer. Click. <laughs> <laughs> computer turn off <laughs> well i wish the computer would turn itself off just like i want it to detect when i'm doing certain things and entering certain words into the computer where it's like okay you're done goodbye go somewhere else totally you've had too much fun today good night yeah. Beep, boop. <laughs> if only okay so i think now twice I, i've told each of you to shut up so I can say something irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't remember what I interrupted originally. Should we do like a segment, I guess? Yeah. Uh, Arthur. Mm -hmm. Our first uh, out of two segments that we do every week. And we have other segments uh, that happen occasionally. We definitely have other segments. They exist. If you listen to the show, you can hear what the other segments are. There are a bunch of them. You just haven't heard them. Yeah, they're like four-leaf clovers. Like when you see one, you're like, oh my God, whoa, I can't believe they're doing that. 
And then most of the time you're going to look around for them and go through two hours of bullshit and not get them. <laughs> you tune into one episode with the promise of Homestuck and then when they only talk about Homestuck for like 10 minutes, you're going to be really disappointed. Can we talk about this real quick? Because it's, it's actually my favorite thing. <laughs> Fuck it, whatever, yeah. So we got a, what I think possibly our first uh very negative comment. Yeah, our, I think it's our very first one because the only other one that we had gotten is the one-star review on Apple Podcasts that says, eh, not very good. <laughs> yes, which I really like. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, because Brian, so- I saw this particular comment on our YouTube channel and I was like, I got to send this to Brian. But it was 2 a.m. And I was like, maybe that's weird. Next day, I just get a text that like says it has a picture in it that says, this rules. And I was like, I already know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a comment left on our last video. So the the back the the background to this is from our Twitter. Uh, I tweeted it, something to the effect of "If you like Homestuck, your life is about to change tomorrow" or something like that, and then retweeted it with my own Twitter, hoping to lure some fools in, which worked. We got a response from the official Homestuck account. We did. Yeah. I didn't see that. They just said, "Hmm." Well, that's cool. Pretty damning. So someone, I guess, had not listened to the podcast before and listened to this episode and left this comment. And I'm not going to read the name. Please don't be mean to this person. Yeah, don't go dunk on this guy. Because <laughs> he's right. <laughs> he's not wrong. And I, I legitimately like this. This is not like a am saying I like it, but it, it bums me out. I, I actually love this. This made me laugh genuinely very hard. <laughs> so here's the comment. Well, if you showed up here solely because they mentioned Homestuck, prepare to be disappointed or save yourself uh, an hour plus and go listen to something remotely entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) So this to me does not read as someone doing a bit. This person seems genuinely to dislike the episode. What could there possibly be to dislike about going into this podcast completely blind? Like... It's so interesting. Like from minute one, an episode with just the two of us immediately, high octane content. Oh, you don't know me and you don't want to hear my kid talk for 20 minutes about the movies she likes? I'm sorry. What's wrong with you? That's not on me. That's on you. Zero taste. Yeah. I would say because of that comment and the buildup that you intentionally put in for Homestuck. By the way, I don't know what Homestuck is. Yes. Okay. But it must have been a successful episode. Because I feel like, to me, Brian, in some twisted way, your goal was to get a comment like that. So that's like a win, right? The point of art is to provoke. Yes. My, my goal with everything I do online is to make some very nice person slightly upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, we, we succeeded, my friend. We did it. Yeah. Are people going to care that we haven't had much art talk in this episode we have two artists and i feel like we haven't talked much about art we like we can talk about art fuck art arts for cowards i mean not fuck this art fuck art the as a noun wait shit art is also a noun i am all for cowards you know i support it yeah i mean it's it's you know art is a fool's game for cowards and babies and we are all just hurtling towards our demise that shall be ushered in by digital paint strokes um because as we all know to do art digitally you hit a button on the computer and you say do art and then it makes art for you you hit the art button actually this is this is a good turn because i spent a lot of hours the past week 
looking up and learning about uh, artificial intelligence and how to apply it in like animation specifically. Interesting. Well, like to do in-betweens and stuff to like get the boring stuff out of the way? Well, there's like, you can use it for that. And I mean, there's like, like a couple of really cool applications. For, first of all, I want to preface this by saying that uh, it's not like the deep fake stuff that you've been seeing on the internet is like not as sophisticated as it, at least as I thought it was. It's, it's like really, it's closer to how like an Instagram filter works. So like, hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's like, you know, I don't know everything about deepfakes, but it seems like a lot of people are just using a couple different handful of like websites that sort of do it for you. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. A lot of like the success is related to like the input. So like there's still very much like an artist's hand in all that stuff, which is something I didn't know at all. I thought it was just like you just feed a computer millions and millions of images and then it just does it. But it's like, really, you have to like train it. Okay, for example, if you want like to take a picture of Elon Musk or a video of Elon Musk and you want, and you want it to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger instead, you can do like one frame where you put Arnold's face on his face and you feed that into the, the program or the website or whatever. And it, it, it kind of like fills in the gaps and does, you know, like a half decent job but it won't do an amazing job. So the way you have to do it is you have to like edit by hand many, many frames of a video for Ooh. it to work properly. So like, yeah. it's actually like way trickier than I thought it was. It made deep fakes slightly less scary, but I know that'll change in like a year when you know <laughs> the computer can do it all by hand and then artists don't have jobs anymore. All the applications for animation are pretty wild. Like one of the things I saw was they took a frame of the Simpsons and they shaded it. Like they, fully rendered it all. So mm -hmm. it, it looked kind of weird. Oh, really? But they fed it into the, the website that does it. It's called like Art Breeder or something like that. And it applied the effect to like every frame of the video. And it like worked pretty well. Hmm. So like there's like weird kind of cool effects you can do. I haven't seen any like really mind-blowing like useful applications of it yet, but I feel like that's out there. That must be out there. Somebody's doing something really cool with it in animation. They have to be. I, I'm really interested in like that sort of machine learning stuff. There was a, that website, Talk to Transformer, that I guess was mildly viral for a bit because you could put any text into right. it and then it would do like the predictive text thing. Yeah. I've been using that for a long time because A, it's fun to fuck around, but B, if I'm writing horror stuff and I just like want some ideas of like, where would this take this? Like what kind of weird like frantic Stephen King-esque run-on can I throw in here and see what it spits out and maybe I'll steal some bits of imagery from this. And I went to use it recently and it's behind like a very severe paywall now because the really? guy was like, I've sunk $20,000 into running like this server and actually requires a lot of computing power that I just like can't continue to give out for free. Wow. I mean, good for that guy for charging for a very useful thing, but it is kind of a bummer to not be able to dick around on it anymore. What is it actually? Like, what is, I, I, I'm not familiar with it. Oh, it's a website called Talk to Transformer where it would have a little text field where you could enter like a couple of sentences and then, you know, the AI would go through and then it would predict what the next sentences would be. And it's scarily good at coming up with it. Oh, wow. It's 20 bucks a month for 600,000 characters. Yeah. 
and you used to be able to just totally do it for free. But the amount of stuff that it would spit out that was genuinely good writing to the point where you would take like a sentence and plug it into Google, like surely this is a thing that has been written. Nope. Scarily good. And then sometimes you could put certain names in there and then it would just spit out porn just like based on the frequency of such as um, the names Anna and Elsa nearly always spat out porn. Really? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) This is completely off topic. Uh, What's the thing on YouTube where like all the videos with like... Oh, Elsa Gate? Yeah. What the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Um... That's such a deep rabbit hole. Wild conspiracy theory, right? Yeah, absolutely. It got really, really blown up. Found a YouTube channel that I guess everybody knew about but me. Now I forget what it's called, but it's just a lady debunking all of these, you know, like popular YouTube cooking, like five minute craft style things where it's like, all of these are like dangerous bullshit, actually. But it goes really deep in making the argument of like, yeah, the algorithm will continue to push this because YouTube continues to make more money and it's all about the clickbait sensational stuff. You mean about promoting conspiracy theories? I mean more in the sense that like the videos that were involved in people kind of scrubbing for Elsa Gate where it's like, oh, it's Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's pregnant. It's like, well, people click on it. <laughs> that's, hmm. that's like mostly what it is. It is not some cover for... It's a whole, it's a whole hole of things if you want to go dive into a hole. I hate conspiracy theories so much. They used to be fun, and now there's so much of mainstream thought in a genuinely dangerous way that it's like, oh man, yes, you ruined it. I had friends who listened to like Alex Jones back in the day. I remember like oh, hearing my friends talk about Alex Jones, but it was it was when all he was talking about was like lizard people and shit. I don't know exactly what he's talking about because I didn't listen to Alex Jones, but. He wasn't as like political, I don't think. And he definitely didn't have the following that he has now or he has in the past four years or so. But yeah, like conspiracies have like totally creeped into everything. It's so bizarre. People love them. There may be nothing stupider than the 5G COVID thing. That is astonishingly dumb. Like anyone thinks there's anything vaguely plausible about that is just, I, I genuinely don't understand it. Like a lot of conspiracies, you know, I can kind of, like, okay, well, I guess if you're not aware of blah, blah, blah. 5G COVID thing is just absolutely baffling to me why anyone thinks that's anything at all. That is the true danger of conspiracy thought trickling into, you know, mainstream consciousness. Because I think so much of the appeal of conspiracy lines of thought is that it is order out of nothing. Of course. Order out of chaos of like, well, even if the idea is that that order is something sinister and evil, that's there's still a comfort of like, oh, well, things happen, bad things happen for a reason. And this is the reason. And we have someone to blame rather than, I don't know, the relentless entropy of the universe and the fact that humans are not that coordinated. I know we've talked about this on the show before, but it's just like, they're just not, there is a lot of like blatant, obvious bad shit happening that to yes. try to dig deeper into it, it's like, I'm sorry, there are worse people doing worse things just publicly. And people can't keep secrets either. Like no yeah. one can keep secrets about anything. Are you kidding me? There's not, there's not going to be some, you know, vast governmental conspiracy with tens of thousands of people, all of whom have to shut up about it and successfully do it. Like it's not happening. Let's just say, if the earth was flat, I'd be pretty goddamn impressed. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty impressed with everybody involved, you know? That's that's a good job if you kept yeah. that from us. Why the fuck would you keep that? Like, what's the point <laughs> of that, the conspiracy? I'm sure that they have to have a reason for this, right? There has to be some stupid reason. 
for who's benefiting from, you know, is it big gravity? <laughs> big G? Yeah. Yeah, you never know. You never know with gravity. And that ties into the five Gs. All five of those Gs are gravity. They don't believe in gravity, though. They think the whole planet is just moving up. Right, of course. That's what they think. Yes, that's big gravity. That's exactly how it works. You know, all right. Brian, you say all this to deflect from the fact that you are the kingpin of a child gambling ring, but we can gloss over that. It's just fine. I, I don't like the term kingpin. I feel like that has a pejorative tone to it. Uh, I prefer SAR. <laughs> <laughs> the SAR of a child gambling ring. Yeah, uh, uh, hugely profitable child gambling ring. Okay, listen, we've entered the stage in the evening where I have my AC and my fan off and I've turned into a little honey-baked ham. And before I go full full ham, let's do segments and get the fuck out of here. Okay, great. So this first segment is our pop culture recommendation segment. And the thing about this segment, Arthur, is that it has a really, really great theme song. Now... I don't know if you know anything about music. I mean, I know you're primarily a, a visual artist, but I do know something about music. And I uh, mustered all of my education and work ethic into making this theme song uh, the best it could possibly be. So we're going to play this for you right now. This is the What's Poppin' theme song. What's Poppin'? What's poppin'? All right. That was it. So, what did you think? That was really, really beautiful. Right. That's the greatest thing I've heard you ever write. It's the greatest thing I will ever write. So, is that it? Are you hanging up your hat after this? You know, there's a famous quote, I can't remember by whom, around the turn of the century, where right before quantum mechanics was discovered, some physicist said, we've gotten all of physics right, and now the rest is just kind of figuring out decimal places, right? <laughs> uh, not anticipating that almost everything about Newtonian physics would be overthrown within 20 years. But uh, at the end of the 19th century, people were convinced that they had gotten everything right, and we're just kind of working out some fine-tuned little details. That is what I have done with music, is I have finished it, up to maybe a couple tiny little things here and there. Was there like a moment, like a, a Frodo Baggins moment where you're, you write the last sentence in your little book and you close it and you're like, that's it. It's the end of the story. Yeah. The 15 seconds I spent writing that theme song were that. It's incredible. Yeah, that's me. It's called talent. Like get used to it, I guess is all I can say. I don't know if I ever can. <laughs> Brian and listeners, I just hope you know that when I'm silent, during this portion of the show, I'm just seething with just radiating hatred. I do want to note that this is the best this bit has ever gone in the history of this <laughs> podcast. This is nothing short of a triumph for me personally. So <laughs> anyone who ever doubted this bit, and I include Leighton, you in this, go fuck yourself because this bit rules. And this is nothing more than a proof of that. Brian, are you ready for this show to be um, night with Brian Wecht? Because we're really, we're creeping, with every successive episode, we are creeping up on this very real possibility. I could plausibly make this Audrey night with Brian Wecht. And, well, you know what? It sounds fun in theory. 
in practice, it would be a nightmare. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every podcast is 20 seconds. Yep, yep, yep. Sounds good. Who else is going to make jokes about being depressed and liking mechanical keyboards? Yeah, not That's Audrey. I bring to the table. <laughs> All right. Art, what's poppin'? What's poppin'? Uh, is this the part where I tell you something about pop culture? By the way, I just want it noted that despite the 10 minutes we spent introing the theme song and then talking about it afterwards, nowhere did it sink in that this was the pop culture segment. I'm really, really pleased <laughs> with that <laughs> fact. It was just eclipsed by how good that theme song is. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What, what's popping? I, I went down a rabbit hole of people who like own and handle reptiles. Oh, yes. And like the different characters that exist in that like world. And that kind of brought me to, I don't know if anyone else is familiar with, I can't remember the guy's name or his YouTube channel, but, but Big Boy, the uh, monitor lizard. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? No. No. So there's this guy, I don't know where he is. I think he's in the South somewhere. Um, and he has like a bunch of reptiles. And he's like an older guy. He's maybe in, like in his 60s or something like that. Is this Dave Durham? That sounds familiar. Yes, I think that's it. And he's got a bunch of like reptiles. He's got this big iguana named Buddy that acts a lot like a dog, which is pretty amazing. And then the other one is he's got this giant monitor lizard named Big Boy. And he just lets this thing like fucking roam around his house and shit. And it's like, it'd be like having like a, like a small alligator just like chilling around you all the time. And so I, I, I went down a rabbit hole because I was like, well, how safe is it to own these things? I need to know more. I need to know more about these lizards. And the answer is not safe. They're fucking not safe at all. <laughs> They're very dangerous. And even, even just an iguana like that, if you get bitten, like you should probably go to the hospital. Uh, yeah. They got dirty little mouths. Bacteria, yeah. Yeah, scary shit. Have you seen the, um, I think it's a Vice documentary about the guy who just has like a bunch of tanks of snakes and he's addicted to letting them bite him to the point where his wife and family left him. Oh my God, no. What? Yeah. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it so I can tell you what the name of it is. Yeah. It's called Getting High Injecting Snake Venom. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm thinking about a different dude who lets snakes bite him. It's not surprising that there's a bunch of people who do this, right? It's really dumb, so therefore. I have a friend who, who might be one of these people, but I don't know. If there was anybody I know that would like let snakes bite them to get them high, <laughs> this, would be, this would be the person. I'm not going to say who it is, but I think I understand the kind of people that might do something like this. Okay, I found the guy. His name is Tim Freed. There's a video called Venom Man Let's Deadliest Snakes Bite Him. And it seems like there are a couple of videos of this guy. But yeah, it's a pretty wild ride. Jesus. So that's snakes. It's like those channels where people let crazy bugs sting them. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? That's how my, my journey started last night. I was watching a video of a tarantula hawk attacking a tarantula. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, tarantula hawks are terrifying. Tarantula hawks? Yeah, they're not hawks. They're bugs, but they're... Really scary. What the fuck? I don't like that. This is the exact arc that we had on that episode where I was like, oh, I found a dude who eats canned tarantula. This thing is awesome. It's just 
us looking up different bugs. Yeah, I see them fighting. Oh no. Fuck. They're really cool looking. Like they're they have kind of like a blue iridescent kind of look to them. You know what I learned yesterday? So Audrey went to a virtual reptile birthday party. So one of her friends was having a birthday <laughs> and they got a reptile guy to do a Zoom call with a bunch of animals. That rules. And I didn't know this. Did you know snakes have scales over their eyes? So you can touch a snake's eye and it like doesn't bother the snake? No. Like one of those protective eyelids? Yeah, so it's a clear scale yeah. over the eyeball. Dogs have that. But dogs have that? Yeah, dogs have that. They have the, one of the little clear little eyelids and that's why you see their eyes open sometimes when they're sleeping because it took oh. many times of me being like, my dog is having a seizure! For me to be like, oh yeah, Google, all right. That's interesting because Coco's been doing that a lot recently. In addition to nonstop farting, but yeah. Of course. <laughs> Fart machine. All right. Great job, Arthur. That was a great recommendation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't actually recommend. What, what did you say his name was, Brian? Durham something? If it is the one that you're talking about, Dave Durham or Dunnett. Hold on. Yeah, that's him. And that's big boy. Dave Durham. Yes. Those monitor lizards look straight up like a dinosaur. Like their heads are shaped like a dinosaur head. It's wild. That thing is amazing. It's huge. So this guy's just sitting in a recliner with this giant fucking lizard on him next to his face. <laughs> yeah. That's got to smell so bad, right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, Reptiles stink. All animals smell awful all the time. It's true. But it's just some of those animals, the way that they smell bad is very addicting to huff, such as when you have a young puppy. I, I say young puppy. I have a two-year-old dog. But they just, oh, they smell so good. Layton, what's popping? What's popping for me is pretty much the only thing I've been watching is uh, two different Dead by Daylight Twitch streamers because I they stream a lot and I just like to have nice voices on in the background. The first one is Ots Darva. That's O-T-Z Darva. Um, just very nice man from Spain who's super wholesome and very good at Dead by Daylight. It's just nice. And then there's an Australian guy, Fungus who is also really good. I literally don't have anything to say about them other than I took a great nap today watching Odds' stream. It's just lovely. And I'd never really been into watching Twitch streams before, so this is like my intro to watching people on Twitch, which is a brave new world for me. Now, do you watch or do you kind of have it on the background? It depends. And I think the depending is how high am I right now? So <laughs> at night... At night, I watch the streams, but during the day, it's like, it's on. It's like background noise, keep you company kind of deal. Yeah, I guess that's what Twitch is for. But yeah, that is what is popping for me in my brain. There is sweat dripping down my face. We'll be done soon, I promise. <laughs> Only 45 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what's popping? Uh, what's popping with me is I'm going to go a little bit old school here. All of Burn Notice is on Amazon Prime, and this show fucking rules. Uh, have either of you seen Burn Notice? No. It's one of those like USA hour-long shows from the like late 2000s, kind of at the same time as Psych and Royal Pains. Basically, they had this whole like the USA network is like for some reason popular now and suddenly like started producing a bunch of shows. Psych is a legit fun show with James Rode and Dulé Hill. But the idea behind Burn Notice is it's the spy who gets burned, which I don't know if, even if that's a real term, but basically gets kicked out of uh, the CIA or whatever the fuck he's part of. And 
gets dumped in Miami and then basically becomes a a guy who does spy stuff, but for good. He gets kind of hired to do like, you know, like some guy got got scammed by some medical scammer and he's got to like infiltrate the organization to get the guy's money back sort of stuff. The big draw, of course, is Bruce Campbell, who plays, you know, like whatever, mid-50s, kind of overweight, like ex-Special Forces dude. And the whole show takes place in Miami. And actually, this is similar to what I was talking about before. Every time I see Miami, I'm like, that place sucks. That looks the opposite <laughs> of fun. It's it, everything about Miami to me is unappealing. I've been once and it had great food and everything else was terrible. So the show is, there's a lot of like voiceover about, you know, it's like when you're trailing someone, you have to remember not to be seen. Sometimes the best way to not to be seen is to be so obvious. Like there's all this like kind of, procedural stuff which is right done in a very fun way it's also got sharon glass michael west is the main dude sharon glass was cagney from cagney and lacy the old uh 70s cop show and she plays his mom and she's kind of like a chain smoking you know like older lady who lives in miami maybe this show is terrible i don't think so though i think it's like actually really great and it's got a formula and they never deviate from it and it's the ultimate popcorn watch. I, I really, really love it. And I watched it when it was on. There is something very comforting about that. Yeah, it's very lightly serialized in that he has this ongoing mission to figure out why he was kicked out of the CIA or whatever. And they have the formula like at the end of every episode, he gets one tiny new piece of information. And then it's a minor cliffhanger. And this goes on for seven seasons. So <laughs> I think it's great. I, I highly recommend. If you're just looking for like, a fun thing to watch and you like kind of like procedural spy stuff that takes place in Miami, which probably is the worst city in the world. I highly recommend burn notice. Also the main dude, uh, Jeffrey Donovan is, he's just fun. Everyone in uh, Gabrielle Anwar, all of them are great. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. Is it like campy? What's the vibe to it? It's not serious. So it definitely knows that it's playing up the humor a, a bit, but it's not a comedy. I'd say it's like action drama with, I mean, anytime Bruce Campbell shows up on screen, he's got, you know, he's Bruce Campbell, right? So everything he says is funny. Yeah. So imagine an action movie with Bruce Campbell in it as a spy. Looking up Google images for burn notice, all the promo images are the most mid aughts thing I have ever seen. Correct. It is also that. Like this font choice, these colors, my God. There's also constant, I mean, constant establishing montages of like, you know, beaches in Miami and like people, you know, like hot people walking around in swimsuits and shit, you know, with a lot of people like having fun. They were doing this thing for a while where <laughs> it was, it was the weirdest editing choice. They would just freeze frame for like half a second all the time. And this was really <laughs> prominent in the first season. So as a transition, like the thing would be moving and they would like stutter because they just on purpose freeze framed something for just a little bit. And then they'd have like kind of a, a flash. So it was so odd. <laughs> they, they stopped that a little bit, but there's a lot of like, boop, 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 you know, like where the camera is like zooming in, but in discrete units, getting closer and closer to something. And it's like, you know, some woman's midriff or something and she's wearing a string bikini. It, it is a legitimately fun show with, a a distinctive style which you can argue 
mm-hmm. whether that style is good or not. But it works for the show, 100%. There's seven seasons of this show. It was hugely popular. Yeah, I remember watching it be popular. Yeah, there, there's a famous SNL skit called What is Burn Notice? It's a game show. And that's what the game show is, is it's people trying to, you know, the setup is something like Burn Notice is like the seventh most popular show on television. Tell me literally one thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing it like feeling like, I don't know, like CSI or something like that. A little bit, but I, you know what? I haven't seen enough CSI to really comment, but there's definitely the elements of that. Well, I've seen a t- regrettable amount of CSI, uh, only the original one. Is CSI the one with the like not goth goth girl? No, no that's NCIS. That's NCIS. Okay. I watched one episode of NCIS and I was like, what the fuck is this goth character? I hate this. And then never watched it again. Yeah. I mean, I remember only ever catching it at my elderly neighbor's house that she would watch while she made pasta. But yeah, CSI, I would come home from middle school every day and just watch the long block of CSI that would be on. That probably had nothing to do with my brain or whatever. No formative impact on me at all. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I think you can audibly hear me getting heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Like I'm sticking to my chair. Yeah. But yeah, let's do peaches and lemons. Peaches and lemons. Peaches and lemons. Audience, peaches and lemons is a gratitude exercise that I stole from my extended family. We do three things that we're excited about, grateful for, or just nice things that happen. They can be as meaningful or as petty as you want. There's three of them. And then theoretically, there's a lemon, which is a bummer thing of acknowledging the bummer thing, but there are too many lemons. So we're just going to do peaches. Brian, what are your peaches? I'm going to do them quick. I'm setting a precedent here, okay? Number one, tomorrow is Audrey's first day of first grade. And she told me she's excited, but nervous. So we actually spent this morning, I woke her up and we spent an hour and a half just sitting in her bed, reading books together. We were reading Phoebe and her unicorn, which you have, if you haven't read is the best. It's so great. And, uh, so Audrey starting first grade, plus an additional peach of reading with my daughter for an hour and a half and talking about unicorns and other kid brain stuff. Number two, real quick. We started signing CDs for the next NSP album. So they, we got the CDs. I love them and they look great. And Danny and I are signing them. So that is off to the races. So, unless, for example, the post office were to go through some kind of fucked up situation, uh, everything seems to be on track. So let's hope the post office stays fine uh, for the foreseeable future. Third, Peach, we were out for a drive Saturday and stopped at a bakery in Culver City called, I think it's it's either if it's an Americanized thing, Rockin' Wagner, or if it's German, it's like Rockin' Wagner. I don't know how they pronounce it. But they had a very lovely it's a little storefront bakery in Culver City. We haven't found like a bakery that's close to us and that's not even that close to us. But we got a shit ton of bread and some sweet stuff. And it's just nice to find an awesome new bakery. And also they were very safe about it. And it was very easy to get the food and not like come into contact with a lot of people. So them's my peaches. Great. Nice. Arthur, tell us your peaches. Uh, Peach number one. uh, I'll admit it. I'm pretty excited about that Dune movie. uh, And a trailer (laughs) drops 
few days, so I'm pooping my pants over that. Hey. Wait, did the trailer come out already? No, it comes out on the night. Okay, cool. This is like the only time I've like been hyped for a trailer for a movie, which I know is really fucking stupid, but No, it's not. I'm just excited. I'm excited to see I've seen little little tidbits here and there. There's like a teaser floating around that was leaked and I, I, I caught a glimpse of for people who know what it is, what the ornithopter is gonna look like, and it looks fucking awesome. So cool. I'm pretty excited. Like the art direction looks pretty cool. Very brutalist. It's gonna be which is like all his shit is like that but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be cool i'm excited about that awesome uh second peach my friends are releasing a uh a record on the 25th of september yeah 25th hell yeah september um there might be some other things that drop before then i don't know what their plans are but that's pretty exciting over the top comes out pretty soon and the third one is uh my other friend's have an album that's coming out pretty soon, I think. And he just mentioned that he's signing a shit ton of copies of it right now. It was you, Brian. Nice. It was you all along. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm very excited. It's a great album. I'll send you a copy. Sure. Just invoice me. No, you have to pay me. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't send shit before I get paid. Are you crazy? Come on. <laughs> uh, Layden. Peach number one, we're all shocked. Keyboard related. Listen to this shit. Listen, hold on. I gotta get this nice and close. Listen to how fucking crispy that is. That, my friends, Kalebox Jades, both clicky and tactile, just has a spring bar on it so you get two clicks. It's installed them last week. Fucking best typing experience of my life. Fuck all other switches. Cherry Browns feel mushy to me now. All right, that's my first peach. Um... My second peach is that I had a socially distanced hang with uh, Vernon and our other friend Dante in a garage yesterday, and I really wanted some watermelons, so we got a watermelon. Turns out, dogs fucking love watermelon. Yes, they do. And so Vernon has a little, like, barely in this world, uh, Shiba Inu named Red, who's a little shitter and maybe's nemesis, because every time they're together, they just try to kill each other. But just seeing them united, me holding out a slice of watermelon and both of those disgusting creatures just chowing down. And I got to say, if you've never, there's a ton of puppy eating watermelon ASMR on YouTube. If you don't know what it sounds like when a dog has a little munch, has a little nosh on a watermelon. Oh, yeah. It is the best thing in the world. And I implore you to go listen to that now. A little yummying down. A little yummying down. Oh, full circle. This is great. That's yeah, what we do here. Perfect. We're professional broadcasters. My third peach, or rather my third apple, is... <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you like that one? I did. Uh, my third my, my apple is that that joke worked. My third peach is that in five minutes, I get to turn my AC back on, and I'm going to go stand in front of my fridge like when uh, Betty Draper is going through menopause and goes and stands in front of her fridge. That's exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm going to drink this entire lemon-lime Gatorade that's sitting next to me. Cool. Nice. So that's my third peach. Great. Well, this was an absolute delight. I have to say, this may be my spiciest episode yet. I I hope that my radical personality change is pleasing. To the listeners, because uh, you tell me how you want me to be, listeners, and I'll be that. I'm not too proud to beg. <laughs> Arthur, 
you're the best. Honestly, your your work is incredible for for Twerp and for NSP and uh, and Starbomb too. You did also did the last Starbomb uh, album design, right? You did that, yeah. I did. That yes. Was I didn't draw. Anything, you didn't draw the cover, but no. you did all the rest of the album design. Yeah. So you're the best, and it was a real delight to have you on. This was a really fun uh, conversation. So, where can people find you? You can find me on mostly on Twitter. That's where I'm most active, which is, I think it's at the laser horse. My favorite thing is when people don't know their social. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's the, one of my socials is the laser horse. It is at the laser horse laser with a Z. There you go. Yeah. The Z, I always forget to clarify that. Uh, the other one is uh, Instagram. I post a lot of my art there. So if you want to look at some of my stuff, it's on Instagram. I think that one's just Laser Horse, but uh, I don't know. Just see. <laughs> just go and look. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes, regardless. Hold on, sorry. I just just so happened to look up what at Laser Horse is, and I'm going to drop you on Twitter a link. Oh yeah, I'm going to drop you a little link of uh, our good man Laser Horse, aka Paul Andrews. A trio of unrelenting acoustic weaponry. What is weaponry? Is that supposed to be weaponry? Built for war, but with a cursory glance towards hope and all that rides in her. What is this? I don't know. Because it's posting a bunch of websites from, I'm assuming, laserhorse.org. We've got some lovely pictures of the sky and sea. Amazing cat footage of catfish catching pigeons for supper. The gore of nature at its most impressive. Here's an attractive ancient beast, in all caps. Oh, it's an entertainment website. I see. I'd be lying if I said I didn't know about this. I didn't know he had a Twitter. Well, the Twitter just, as Leighton said, just reposts shit from the website. Laserhorse.org. Well, you know, also go give laserhorse.org a little follow. Oh, perfect. The five tabs on the website are nature, conspiracy, science, history, Russia. Nice. The second article is Illuminati. Hard evidence at last. Oh wow! Wait, in the pictures, the picture is Big Bird. The picture is Big Bird. Correct. (laughs) That has to be a joke. I'm assuming that's a joke. Well, listen. This are are you sure? Are you sure that this isn't also your website? Because there's a lot of shit about bug fights. Yeah, and I'm looking at this now. Parasites. I mean, not that I'm into parasites, but a lot of bugs. And whoa. Top three Taylor Swift conspiracy theories. So when when I first donned this name, like almost 10 years ago, I found this guy. I found that, I'm pretty sure it's this website. It looks a little different, but... Was the Russia tab not active at that point? I don't think the conspiracy <laughs> or Russia tab was active. <laughs> it seemed apparent to me that the guy was trying to make like an E-bombs world style website at the I time. can see that from this, yes. Yeah, but it clearly it's like morphed into something a little different. I haven't looked at his website in a long time, but I remember like early on being like, oh, there's already a laser horse and looking it up and being like, oh, this is like just some random dude. Like this isn't like a big popular website or anything like that. They have a playlist on this page entitled Lo-Fi Acoustic Music from the UK's South Coast. That is pretty great. (laughs) I like the specificity. It's refreshing. We love specifics. By Tim Islander Newman. There, there's a decent chance that this, this website might be great. It could be. <laughs> it gives me slight time cube vibes. <laughs> yeah. 
Big time time cube vibes. I'm sorry. If there's a conspiracy tab, I'm probably going to hate everything on it. Unless it's satire, in which case I'll like it. All right. Well, Layton's hot, so we got to like get her air conditioner on. Yeah. You're goddamn right. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to go die. This is the end of the podcast. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. I had my air conditioner on the whole time. Me too. Bye-bye. Fuck you. Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>